This is an ABC podcast. Norman, our listeners seem very interested in your gym membership movements. And of course, we talked about that at length the other day. Well, now they've started asking questions about going to the pool. So I think in the interest of just clearing things up, no peer-reviewed journal articles, just what would Norman, Norman Swan do? I just want to ask you about a whole range of health behaviours and just clear this up for people. Okay, I'm ready. Is it safe to go back to the pool? It is safe to go back to the pool. Yep. How long do you brush your teeth for? I brush my teeth for three minutes. How many times a week? Three minutes? I do have a little bit of obsessive compulsion and one thing is over my teeth. So I tend to wash my teeth almost every time after I eat. And before I broadcast anything, I feel I can't broadcast unless my teeth are clean, even if it's radio and nobody's going to see my teeth. Look, now I'm too scared to ask you any more questions, so let's just get started. This is CoronaCast and I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and not a dentist, Dr Norman Swan. It's Friday the 11th of February 2022. So Norman, we've been talking about third doses on this podcast for some months now, but yesterday it was made official. Uh, ATAGI, the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation, told the government that we should be considering people to be up to date with their COVID vaccinations, formerly known as fully vaccinated with two doses plus the third one, which we've called a booster in the past. And the government has accepted that advice. So as of, I think, today, you're not up to date until unless you've had all three doses if you're aged over 16. In Australia. Yeah, that's right. So obviously they've been listening to Coronacast for the last five months where we've been suggesting that this is actually the third dose you've always meant to have, but I'm being churlish in saying that. So I'll take it back and compliment Atagi in doing this. So when you look at what they've how they've concluded this, this is really framed by Omicron and the immune evasiveness of Omicron and how vaccines really do lose a lot of their effectiveness, both in infection control and in protection against severe disease. And I think they've avoided the language of fully vaccinated. Again, haven't spoken to anybody on Otagi, but just reading what they've said. I think that they've, reading between the lines, that it looks as if they feel that f- saying fully vaccinated is a politically loaded statement when it comes to vaccine mandates or so and so on. So what they're saying here is this is their advice. And the advice is that for individuals aged 16 and over, you previously were considered up to date with your COVID vaccination after having two doses. But with the Omicron, in the light of Omicron, that you're really only up to date with your vaccines if you've received a third dose, they still call it a booster, three months after completion of the first two doses. So three months after your second dose, you should be getting a third dose. And if you haven't had a third dose by six months, you'd be, you'd be considered overdue. So the whole language now is about being up to date with your immunizations. That's the sort of language they use in children, is that if you've had your triple antigen, your hepatitis B, your measles, mumps, rubella, your MMR, and you follow the schedule, then you're up to date with your schedule. And, um, and if you're not up to date, then at a certain point you're overdue. So it really does standardise the language that's already used in immunisation. So that's great. We know we've talked a lot about the medical evidence for the third dose, especially in light of Omicron, like you just said. And most Australians have enthusiastically gone out, got vaccinated to protect themselves. They're going to take as many vaccinations as they can get. If our Coronacast audience is very is anything to go by. But I, I do wonder around mandates, like now that this is official advice that's come from Atagi and the government, whether we'll see mandates coming in for third doses. And if putting mandates in like that are justified to protect society the way we needed to protect society and the healthcare system before. So I think mandates are um, a difficult issue when your vaccine is not that good at protecting against infection. So vaccine mandates, to some extent, 
are about preventing the outbreak getting worse and spreading it around. And that was true for Delta, Alpha, Beta, basically the previous versions of the virus. But now the vaccine, the third dose of the vaccine does protect you against infection, but it probably doesn't last that long. Mandates are more about protecting you against disease. And that's probably why they're not talking about fully vaccinated, just saying you're up to date and you are as protected as you can be. The argument for mandates is more about improving the uptake of these immunizations rather than necessarily protecting the whole community against the outbreak. I guess the question that some people might have is if there's mandates for a third dose, where did those mandates end? We don't really mandate vaccinations in, a, in adults for anything other than COVID at the moment and whether that kind of emergency territory that we've been in for the last two years needs to continue or not. Yeah, I think, I think that the scientific rationale for a mandate is much less now when you don't have a sterilising vaccine, at least for very long. Well, Norman, I'm sure we're going to have lots of questions about this new advice on the third dose. And folks, do send them in. Go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Sam has done just that. Sam's asking about something a bit different. Uh, Sam's saying, I'm hearing a lot of families that are keen to get COVID as quickly as they can if one person gets infected. What do you think of this? Should we still be trying to avoid it if possible? Well, you shouldn't be putting yourself in the way deliberately. It's fine if you've done all the right things and you still get infected. Well, you've done the best that you can but you do not want to get in the way of this virus. This is not a mild virus. And if you are not well covered, then you could get quite sick with this virus. And also getting infected with this virus only really protects you against a second infection with Omicron. It doesn't give you particularly great coverage for future variants, at least in terms of the research that's been done on past variants. People who've been infected with Omicron are not well protected against other variants. Jane's asking, should I wait the full eight weeks to get my daughter's second vaccination or should I do it at six weeks now that they're allowing this? The Atagi advice is that you can shorten the period between the two immunizations if you're in the middle of an outbreak. Right now, the outbreak is passing. It's dying off. There's still Omicron around. And at eight weeks, you're probably going to get pretty good immunity in your child from waiting that length of time. So the, the imperative to shorten the dose period was probably there two or three weeks ago, but it's probably less so now. Is there a benefit in having that larger interval? Yes. There, it seems pretty clear that if you, and we're talking Pfizer here, that if you wait longer with Pfizer, you do get a better and deeper immune response. But schools are going back. Like kids are definitely mixing with more kids now than they probably were two or three weeks ago, even if the case numbers are dropping. Yes, and there will be a surge both within schools and back into the community. And the question is how severe that will be. So far, I think they're starting to register it, but it doesn't seem to be too serious at this stage. Linda's asking about reusing masks. She's asking about surgical masks. Can they be reused after two weeks? But I would like to broaden the question to say the, they're called disposable masks, but can you reuse a mask, surgical mask or one of the, the higher quality respirator masks? You've got to follow the instructions on the packet rather than listen to what we say on Coronacast. They've tested for that. Look, I think there is a little bit of evidence that some, some of these masks can be washed and reused. Surgical masks are much more flimsy than uh, N95 masks. I think you've just got to be a bit careful about that. Surgical masks are really supposedly for single use. I mean, I don't change mine after every single use. If it gets wet, I throw it away. If it gets damp, particularly in humidity, I, I throw it away. And one more question for you, Norman. This person's daughter tested positive two days after receiving her booster. Bummer, bad timing. Does this impact her booster's effectiveness? Should she have another booster after waiting a suitable period? 
It's a really good question, and there's not a lot of evidence one way or the other here. There's a belief amongst immunologists that if you are sick right about the time you get an immunization, any immunization, that immunization may not develop the immune response that you want it to, which is why people say, wait until your symptoms have gone before you get the booster. In this case, it's a bit different, is that you're getting COVID around the same time as you're getting a COVID vaccination. So you'd have to assume that you're probably getting a pretty good stimulation to the immune response from one or the other. So I think you're pretty well covered. If you say to me, well, um, we got the booster, but then my daughter got the, got the flu, then I'd say, oh, well, maybe the booster is less effective, but you got the booster and then you got COVID. It's likely one or the other is going to give you a pretty decent immune response, particularly on top of the previous vaccination. Because while I said before that Omicron covers you well against Omicron, that's in the unvaccinated. If you've been vaccinated, Omicron on top of previous vaccination tends to give you a slightly deeper immune response than you had before. So I, I wouldn't be too worried. And we promised before that we talk about immunocompromised people because we were talking last episode, Norman, about the fact that severely immunocompromised people, their primary course is actually three doses of vaccine and then they can get a booster on top of that. But there's obviously been either confusion uh, about who is severely immunocompromised and or there's people who are being turned away even though they're eligible for it. We put that call out, out and boy, did we get some responses back. Yeah, a lot of variation about whether people are getting it. So just to be clear, Atagi has approved a fourth dose after three primary doses for people who are immunocompromised. Now, it's true that they probably haven't as well defined the group of immunocompromised people as they should, but the reality is there's confusion out there and there's not been clear communication. And from our mailbag, some people, you know, pharmacists and GPs are giving the fourth dose to immunocompromised people and some people aren't. The reality is pharmacists and GPs actually don't need government permission to do this. They are clinicians and can make their own call on this as long as they're permitted to do so by the uh, evidence-based authority. The evidence-based authority here is a TAGI. And they've given approval to this fourth dose for immunocompromised people. So I think the confusion has got to be cleared up. And I think there's also, it sounds like there's also some confusion around who does and doesn't fall into this criteria. So perhaps talk to that um, medical professional that you're speaking to or whether you are in that severely immunocompromised category or not. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's clear that if you had chemotherapy a year ago, you're not in that category but if you're undergoing major chemotherapy now and you're getting regular blood tests to see if your immune system is compromised, that would be a pretty good sign that you are immuno, you're potentially immunocompromised from your treatment. And certainly if you've had an organ transplant, you are. The other great area is people who've got autoimmune disease and are on certain drugs, are they officially classified as immunocompromised? So there's lots of gray areas around this which do need to be clarified. But it's unlikely that anybody's going to come to any harm from a fourth dose. The, Amer the Israelis are showing that it's safe. So some of these barriers may be unnecessary. Thank you so much to everyone who took the time to write in and share your responses. Sorry that we can't read them all out. If you've got comments about this or questions about anything COVID-related, um, you can send us a message by going to abc.net.au slash coronacast. And on Monday, we're going to be talking about how you prevent pandemics in the first place. And it's fascinating and not too complicated. Wouldn't it be great if COVID was our last pandemic ever because we learned how to take care of them before they start? For every dollar invested in prevention, you save $20 in the future. Pretty good deal. We'll see you then. 